This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Oh, and if you heard the high-pitched no all around the world today, about an hour ago, we learned that Tina Turner had passed away at her home in Switzerland at the age of 83. And, I mean, it's devastating. We just felt like we knew and her. We like she's just oh, she was everything. That private she dancer was album, everything, everything, everything. I mean, I, my phone was blowing up. I I haven't talked to my sister in weeks. She sends me. Mm-hmm. A, I mean, people Neil the Knitter. I sir, I brought her room service at the Whitney. Oh. Uh, Remember that hotel? My goodness, that's where yeah. all the rockers stayed. And and we saw her the last time she toured her Tina. 50th anniversary, and we saw at the Target Center October 9th, 2008, with my mom and my Auntie Catherine. Mm-hmm. And you and I, and Lori's like, Give me some money. I'm going to upgrade us and get us on the floor. <laughs> and we I did. did. I did. Worked her magic. Great. It was amazing. Yeah. And, and it was amazing. I'm mm-hmm. so glad that because I never had seen her. I, my roommates are at First Avenue and either. 84, we, 85. We can't decide. We can't remember. Yeah. And, and, uh, but it was when, the What's Love Got to Do With oh. It or Private Dancer. I can't remember what they called the tour, but I mean, it is, um, this is all her spokesperson, Tina Turner, the queen of rock and roll, has died peacefully today at the age of 83 after a long illness in her home near Zurich, Switzerland. With her, the world loses a music legend and a role model. And we last saw her publicly at the Broadway opening of Tina, the musical in, what was that, 2019. 2019 with Oprah Winfrey. That's right. Because Tina Turner was the producer's surprise for Oprah's 50th on her television show. And she surprised Oprah, performed like two songs, got Oprah up to dance. Love it. And so I think their friendship, yes. you know, it goes on. And then I, I kind of was like... I mean, this is so probably ghoulish or whatever, but you kind of go to Twitter and you see, well, what are people saying that worked with her? And we're going to have John Bream. He's going to call call us today. But Mick Jagger um, tweeted like four great pictures ever. And he said, I'm so saddened by the passing of my wonderful friend, Tina Turner. She was truly an enormously talented performer and singer. She was inspiring, warm, funny, and generous. She helped me so much when I was young, and I will never forget her. And he put up four incredible photos, including two when, you know, she would perform with him. Yes. Sometimes, you know, they did different things. She sang Gimme Shelter, maybe on some live things that they might have done. And she opened up for for the the Rolling Stones in the 1981 tour. She opened up for them. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that was before the she private had a dancer. Private dancer, because that was eight, 1984. That's so that was three right. years before. Oh. It is, you know, I'm hearing from friends, and I I lived in Hawaii when the album came out. Yes. And 
all we did was hit replay. replay. Every song was so replay. great on that whole album. And we couldn't get enough. I had a Tina Turner haircut, Grant. Uh-huh. I had. Yeah, we loved Turner. your hair. And then oh, yeah. wearing Halloween, the dresses. And... The short dresses with the fringe mm-hmm. and the hair. I mean, that was. She was really a soundtrack for our generation, I think. Yeah, you know, a lot of people that were in their 20s in the 80s would, would say, yeah, that Tina Turner private dancer just was everything. And, of course, she was like 40 or 42. And then What's Love Got to Do With It comes out in, I don't know if that was 87 or 88. If you've never seen that movie, Angela Bassett plays Tina Turner and Lawrence Fishburne plays Ike. But... Um, it's a biopic of Tina's horrible marriage, but how she got started in yeah. the business. And and it, it, Angela was amazing playing Tina and deserved the Oscar. And it makes me mad. Mm-hmm. Anytime I think about that movie that Holly Hunter won for that dumb movie, The Piano. The Piano. <laughs> and then Angela Bassett, you know, not getting it for playing Tina Turner, but that is an amazing movie. And if you want, if you don't know Tina's story, I would watch that movie. And there's also a great documentary that came out maybe three or four years ago. Three, Tina? 20, 21 on HBO. I watched I, that we, like this we, winter. Yeah, it was so I watched yeah. it right away. It, that was good also, you know, because mm-hmm. you had the archival. Oh, jeez. I really, we really, I wish someone would call us that was at that First Avenue uh, concert. My girlfriend who went to that, she's like, she goes, oh, who was the guy I went with? And I'm like, oh, I'm your backup memory in the 80s. She goes, you be mine, I'll be yours. There you go. And then I remembered the guy that she went with and it was just, it was, he was kind of like, um, he was really trying to woo her and he... Got tickets to see Tina. That would have been amazing at first. At, I mean, first such Avenue. a small venue. Oh, she made out with him like crazy that night. She told me she <laughs> was so happy. It was such an amazing because we loved that album oh. so much. And then I don't know why I didn't go. I probably didn't have any money. Well, I didn't live there. Yeah, yeah. So I and I went to go. I wouldn't have been able to afford it. Probably, my goodness. Yeah, no, I mean, it was yeah. everything I could do to get my third of the rent every month collected <laughs> because I was working in Daytona and then taking the summers off, being a, you know, a, a boat girl, if you will, out at Lake Minnetonka. So mm-hmm. you didn't even work those. Summers? I never worked the summer of eighty three, eighty four. The three years I did spring break, I made all my money at the end, and then I'd be a bum all summer and get a job in September. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. No, I. It's, it's a <sighs> sad, sad day. You know, she was just such a trailblazer because we know we know her story because we all saw that movie. What's love or what's love, love got to do with it? And that she was able to leave her abuser with nothing, absolutely nothing, dirt, 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 poor. And, and fifteen years, I think they were together, or something mm-hmm. like that. And they had the children, and he had his other kids. And I remember the scene when she gets out of the limo, and he like beat her up in the back of the car after a show, and. She runs into the Holiday Inn, and she left her purse, and Angela Bassett is so believable as Tina She Turner. really is. And that was, like, from Tina's book, I, Tina, and her ghostwriter was Kurt Loder, MTV News. That's who did that book, and that was the source material, basically, for, I think, the movie. And, you know, I, th- I think about, then she would go on to, like, Hollywood scares, squares, and try to do all these paid-up. Oh. Performances after, after, afterwards after to try Ike. to get some money back. And then she comes out with 
just the most amazing album and song. She didn't want to record What's Love Got to Do With It, and you learn that in that documentary. Yeah. It was first offered to Donna Summer and someone else who turned it down. Thank goodness. Um, so she, you know, and she was like, oh, I'm glad that I did this song. She yeah. said she never really related to it because it's kind of an anti-love song mm-hmm. when you listen to the lyrics. Yeah, that's true. And so um, she Ugh. just, she's, you know, she lived such a quiet life because she really quit in 2009, quit performing. So when we saw her in 2008, was that was last the last concert tour. tour. Okay. Yeah, it, it, I think it went into 2009 a little mm-hmm. bit, but it was her 50th, um, it was called Tina! Exclamation point. 50th anniversary. Okay. And then she just felt like, I've done this. I've been mm-hmm. doing this for, you know, decades. Yeah, decades is with right. Part of my Icantina, part then my solo. And, you know, she had something that I forgot about, which might be interesting to find Grant at some point today, that um, in the, um, during a very public comeback in 2008, when she went out on tour again, at the Grammy Awards, she performed with Beyonce. Oh, that's Do you guys right. remember that? Yeah. Because I remember Prince and Beyonce. Yeah, that would maybe um, was a different Grammy. But but this, I do vivid, kind of vaguely remember this performance. Mm-hmm. And then she embarked on her first tour in 10 years with Tina, the 50th anniversary. And she released a Greatest Hits compilation to go inside with the tour. Mm-hmm. And it was a huge success. And it became, at the time, one of the best-selling tours of all time. Wow. Yeah, and... Just amazing. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk. John Bream uh, said he'd call, call us because I'm sure he's interviewed. And I'm sure he's got some uh, great stories. Yeah, some great stories. And so, yeah, we're just remembering the life of the iconic singer and music legend, Queen of Rock and Roll, Tina Turner. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Lori and Julia here for Learning Our Ex. And we have a testimonial about, a, uh, about Morgan, who... Um, is a third grader and was below grade level in reading. And she'd been meeting with a reading specialist at school for over a year, but her parents still didn't see any improvements. Some teachers said, well, you know, we could test her for dyslexia. And she was just so frustrated because she wanted to be a good reader. And her assessment showed she had long, low long-term memory and auditory processing. So her memory weakness meant she couldn't even retain like sight words and right. didn't remember the odd exceptions and her auditory processing made it difficult for her to decode and sound out words and after working with learning rx she is now a reader and loves to read and is super confident and much better than the tutoring and reading specialist. I love that. Yeah. And Learning RX, you can call them today to send up your eye-opening assessment. Seven locations in the Twin Cities. Of course, is the legendary Tina Turner, which we found out this afternoon that she'd passed away after an illness at her home in uh, Switzerland and John Bream. I tweeted at you and it all worked out. Thank you for Hi, calling John. in. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Oh, this one hurts, John. Right to the bone. It's sad. One of the great ones. Yeah. How many times did you interview her? Um, I think I interviewed her once. I had dinner with her and a few other people um, before Private Dancer came out at the old Whitney Hotel. Oh. Um, but it, I think it was before the record was even done. So they were kind of getting ready to launch the comeback. And, of course, we all knew who she was. Right. And, I mean, this was so long ago, WLOL was still a music station. (laughs) I remember that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because that album came out in 84. And 
Was it, were they really nervous about, oh, who's going to listen to a 42-year-old woman do rock and roll? I mean, was that the worry? Well, there's a lot of ageism and sexism in, in the music industry. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things that she survived. She survived abuse and she survived the industry. So uh, much credit to her. But, yeah, I, I think there was a lot of uh, fear about what could happen. If you've seen um, the movie, you know, with Angela Bassett yeah. or more recently the uh, the musical, you know, you, you see what uh, hesitancy the, the music business had about signing Tina Turner midlife. Yeah, it really is. And, and her, um, uh, like, when you had your dinner or whatever at the Whitney um, was it like you and other music critics, or what was the? Well, who else was there with you guys? And how how was oh, she? It was a round table. Okay. There were radio people. Oh, okay. uh, there were probably people from Best Buy and uh, <laughs> okay. Music Land and things Sam like Goody that. Sam or there something. Were probably yeah. a dozen people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what what were you guys just? What was it like? Was she just so excited to be making this? I mean, talking about her album, or was she just? I mean. Uh, she was very professional, uh-huh. you know, uh, as these people are. I mean, you, you guys have been on these movie junkets or whatnot. And, uh, you know, these celebrities are u- used to uh, talking up their latest project. And it was, uh, I, I just remember she was very pleasant and professional and, uh, you know, a lot more uh, quiet than the person you'd see on stage. That's for sure. Yeah, because she was such a... I mean, we Julie and I saw her at that her last show here at Target Center in two thousand and eight on what she called her fiftieth uh, tour, and she was just fantastic. And I'm sure you were at that show. Yes, and I especially, I mean, that was a good show. But an even better show was what was her farewell tour in two thousand. It was the twenty four seven, which was her last album, mm-hmm. and the tour opened at Target Center. So that was the first night, and, oh. and I thought she was. Fabulous. I mean, because, you know, we always think about Tina, the dancing, the legs, yes. you know, the fringe and all of that. But that night we were able to appreciate in 2000, Tina, the singer, you know, mm. she was doing the Beatles help and heard it through the grapevine, mm. um, you know, and, and she was a great interpretive singer that maybe we don't think about. Her right. Right. Th- and thank you for reminding us because that Beatles help. Wasn't that on the Private Dancer album? Around? No, she did. Let's- yeah. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Yeah. Stay together, but the Al did, Green cover on that She one. did help on one, but that, that cover that she does is so good. 
She was so good. She was so fierce. I think that's why, because Lori and I, you know, Madonna, Cindy Lauper, maybe Cher, and and um, Tina Turner in the eighties, early eighties. Yeah. That was our soundtrack, mm-hmm. and she was just so fierce, and she could do it, you know. And it was just someone to admire so much for yeah. her personal life and her music accolades. And it was just that album was just on replay, replay, replay all the time. Yeah, and I mean, not only was it hits, but it, it was just what she represented. I mean, she was just a tower of strength, kind of a paragon of survival and just an icon for independence, mm-hmm. which, um, you know, really resonated with women, of course. Right, yes. right. It, and, it, you know, this is making me mad all over again, John, that <laughs> Angela Bassett was robbed of an Oscar for What's Love Got to Do With It because she was, she was amazing and she felt like it, we were watching Tina. It was quite a spectacular performance. Yeah, it really was. So anyway, people are mad all over again on Twitter. But if you've never seen What's Love Got to Do With It or you don't know her story, that that's an amazing biopic. And then her Tina documentary, I think, is on HBO. Yeah. Did other women, um, I'm thinking of Tina Turner and maybe, um, oh gosh, who's Aretha Franklin. I mean, did women back then, musicians, support each other? Um, to a certain extent, I mean, the Motown women did, um, but, you know, everyone was, was kind of on their own mm-hmm. and, and, and it was a struggle. Um, you know, and obviously in Tina's er- early years, it was Ike calling the shots. Right. And, um, you know, you, you can only be in a, in a position of strength when you have a lot of success. And, uh, I, I don't know that, um, the music industry was that open to uh, listening to women. Mm-hmm. Even today, you know, there, there's a lot of blowback against women in, in the music industry, especially in Nashville. Yes, exactly. Um, so, you know, you have to be a, a strong and, a, and an assertive um, person to uh, to make it to the top, uh, as, you know, people like Madonna and Beyonce have proven. You know, they're mm-hmm. really, really strong personalities, uh, visionaries. Mm-hmm. Um, John, you know what I was, I was remembering? Um, this must have been, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago, but Ike Turner played at the Bayfront Blues Fest. He was the closer on Sunday uh, night. And when he came out, all the women... Just booed or left? They left. Yeah. It cleared. It Just people were streaming out mm-hmm. of Bayfront Park. And I almost, almost felt bad for him. Because there were, I mean, it went from, you know, 2,000 people there to maybe a couple hundred. It was just something. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised. Yeah. What's, what's music got to do with it, Ike? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's kind of it. So the women just stood up, and I've never seen that to any, you know, they've had other people there that, that might have been controversial, but I've never seen anything where, you know, basically the whole crowd gets up and leaves. Yeah, well, his private life was very much exposed by that movie. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah. You know, I mean, initially it was uh, Tina spoke to People Magazine, and then mm-hmm. it went from People Magazine to the the uh, autobiography she wrote with Kurt Loder of MTV. Yeah. And then that became the basis for the, uh, the biopic. Mm-hmm. John, thank you so much oh. for calling in. I suppose all the radio stations want to talk to you, but... I'm glad we got you first, and thank you for um, just sharing and remembering the legend, Tina Turner.
Thank you. All right. Good All to right. be with you. Thanks, okay. John. Lori and Julia here with Ann Tressler of Tressler Law. We have been working with you for years, but we've never really talked about prenups. Give us the lowdown. Well, a prenup in the state of Minnesota is also called an anti-nuptial. So if you hear that, they're talking about the same thing as a prenup. Um, I encourage a lot of people to consider getting them, whether you have a ton of assets or little assets. It makes everything much more streamlined. You know what you're entering into. You've got your agreements in place if you get divorced in the future. They also address what you will do with your assets in the event of death. So it really helps for estate planning and it really just helps for the future to avoid disputes. I love that. Okay, so, but what about a post-nup? Post-nuptial agreements are simply agreements that people who are already legally married enter into that again will also address what would happen to their assets in the event of divorce or in the event of death. So again, these really can help streamline the process in the future. Great information and for your free one-hour divorce consultation, go to trustorlaw.com or use my tech keyword divorce. Everybody, thanks uh, for hanging out with us. Uh, we're going to just take a pause in our Tina Turner uh, coverage as we are, you know, remembering her t- today as everyone yelled, no, not Tina Turner, and turn to um, a wonderful book. We've got a LoJ Book Club pick, and we have Jay Ryan Stradell with us, and he's the New York Times best-selling author of, um, and we read it, The Logger Queen of Minnesota, but yes. we didn't have you on, and you're on for Saturday night at the Lakeside Supper Club, which was just a delightful read. Thank you so much, Jay, for being with us. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my gosh. Yes. We saw you at the MSP airport. You were signing books at the airport bookstore there on the Gold Concourse. You're probably heading back to L.A. <laughs> yeah, I was, and that went pretty well. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. That's so cool. So you're you're a New York Times bestselling author. This Is is this your fourth book that we've got? No, it's from my third. Your third. You know what? You're right. It actually is my fourth. I wrote a book that will never see the light of okay. day. Okay. Right. Well, there you go. Look at me. in my 20s. Okay. Yeah, I'm a lot of novelists. Uh, yeah, I only have one so far. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're uh, unpublishable, but uh, there may be more. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, yeah. we love, we love, uh, uh, I got to say the book name again, Saturday Night at the Lakeside Supper Club, the characters, the story, everything about it. And I just have to say, I was really delighted. Um, and I know Julia was too, because we always love our author acknowledgments. Always. I just think there's always insight there. And I love how much you took out the time for personally naming n- names, people who own bookstore. You named our friend Sue Valley um, Brooks, Brooks you know, chapter two books and, and Valley Brooks. Yes. And I mean, I just really appreciate that. And you as an author identifying all these different bookstores in different you know, state. So I just think that's cool. Oh, thanks. Well, I would be where I am without them. Yes. Uh, yeah, I love independent bookstores. And there were some, like the ones I mentioned in the back of the book, that have been especially crucial and helpful and have gone above and beyond. Mm-hmm. And not just for me, but for other authors as well. And I noticed that. And I really wanted to uh, give a shout out to them and say, hey, you're doing great. Yeah, I know. Well, it's, it is really great. It really is. And if you could, um, now that we've gotten, you know, just said that and gotten that out of the way, but give people a setup of Saturday night at the Lakeside Supper Club, because we know you're out on book tour and you probably have a good way of, you know, summing it up for our, our listeners. Oh, I probably don't. Okay. <laughs> Here goes anyway. Okay. A hundred years in the life of a family owned restaurant. In this case, a uh, Midwest Supper Club, which mm-hmm. 
most of your listeners will know about. Yes. An awful lot of the audiences out here in California, where I am now, don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so I'm really grateful whenever I get to return to the Midwest and talk to people who yeah. already know the setting. So it's four generations over this hundred years, uh, mostly female point of view, uh, starting in the 1930s, going all the way up to today. Mm-hmm. So a hundred years in the life of one family-owned restaurant, where not every generation is enthusiastic about the idea of working in the restaurant they were raised in. <laughs> yeah, I know, but, <laughs> but I found in interviewing supper club owners that was sometimes the case. Right, so, that they felt yeah, like they had. A lot had, of uh, yeah. real-life experience pulled into this book from supper club owners I interviewed, and a little bit of my own. When I was a teenager, I worked one summer at a supper club in Wisconsin myself. Which and, supper uh, club? I love these places. They're some of my favorite restaurants in the world. It was mm-hmm. my favorite restaurant growing up. And I finally get to use it as a primary setting for an novel. <laughs> I, I love it. It, it really, it's just such a great book. And, you know, you're from Hastings, Minnesota. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Jay Ryan Stradle, um, Saturday night at the Lakeside Supper Club. The book cover alone is a celebration <laughs> of nostalgia and, you know, cabins. And it's just such a great cover. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I, I had nothing to do with it. I know. <laughs> I said yes, though, when I saw it. You they did, looked, yeah. You know, they said, hey, is Megan Kavanaugh's cover look good to you? And I said, absolutely. Yeah. And you got it in one. Yeah. Well, I just remember the first time that I went to a supper club with my grandparents, and it was like um, like the Island Lake in something like that. And that's where I had my first Shirley Temple and I was in third oh, yeah. grade and I just thought, and then the relish tray came the out relish. and I was just discovered black olives. And I was just like, I'm in heaven with this log cabin place. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Just incredibly exotic. And, yes. Uh, fancy. Yeah. Oh. And, it, and it could be that, but it could also be the local watering hole. Yes. 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 That's so, so, so true. Um, so your characters, like you said, and, and as we've read, you know, it is really a lot from a female point of view. You're very good at writing from uh, the female perspective. Everybody feels very believable. Well, thanks. Yeah. I, I give my mom all the credit for that. She was the uh, angel on my shoulder while I was writing this book oh. and, and my other books and uh, continues to be my inspiration and uh Reason I write, the person I write for when I write. Oh, that's so sweet. And, and you know, I really did fall in love with Florence. Florence. Mariel's mom. Oh, her, 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 her mom who refuses to leave the church until her daughter comes and picks, picks her up. I mean, I just like that whole, and I like the timeline. I think Julia did, too. Flipping uh, between Going back and forth the, the different characters. The, yeah. yeah. It's a very... Um, it's a very enticing storytelling way that you're giving us this. Oh, thank you. Thanks. I know it's confused some readers, so it's really nice to hear when uh, when readers also love it. I I love it myself. Yeah. I really enjoy books that take liberties of timeline and point of view. And maybe it's different on audio, but on the page it does say at the beginning of each chapter who's speaking and yeah. when. Right. <laughs> you know, so just don't skip that part. That's funny you <laughs> And say don't that. watch a TV show while you're reading a book because you're going to miss good stuff. You will. <laughs> right. and, and you, you know, sometimes on audio when you do skip between characters and timelines it is kind of hard but I, have a, I know someone who's listening and your audio was highly recommended and they love it. Oh, wow. Highly. Yeah, yeah I know they, uh, I should mention this, that the audiobook narrator, I think, did a great job, but 
for local listeners, you may spot a few mispronunciations. Okay. 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 <laughs> that happens. It happens. Yeah, that happens. Okay, so, you know, I'm thinking about these characters, you know, you deal with so many different topics in this book. Mm -hmm. And it's just talking about, I think, love and how families are so different and what makes up a family and it can be your work family, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and loss you talk about and infidelity and it, it it covers kind of everything. Mm -hmm. And I, you do think about going to like the supper club and running into your friends where you catch up and it's like it for women, it's a, it's a powder room. So many times if you're at a popular spot and you catch up in a bathroom with all your girlfriends, but you really just feel nostalgia for the time that this was set, the setting of a supper club, and just what goes on in people's life that even though it's not great shakes and big, huge things that they're accomplishing, everybody's just so human and and all have their own struggles and joys. Absolutely. Yeah, the way I saw it, um, it's it's only low stakes if it's not you. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. There's, there's tremendously high stakes in this book and very personal stakes. It's um, a family that has a fair amount of inherited trauma, and I think each generation tries to resolve it mm-hmm. all the way through the end, all the way through the fourth generation. Uh, and, yeah, and trying to tell that story, you know, you get to tell a lot of, uh, stories of minor characters and supporting characters. Like there's a character who's uh, in a, uh, adopted from Korea, which was yes. mm-hmm. in Minnesota in the 70s and 80s. Yep. There was a, uh, there's um, Native American chef. There's mm-hmm. uh, an expat from Edina who moved yes. up mm-hmm. to the <laughs> yeah, country and still yeah. called Edina Sue after 30 years. Yes. Uh, yeah, there's all types of people in all walks of life and uh, – I had such great help from the chefs, restaurateurs, supper club owners, et cetera, in my life. People like Beth Dooley, uh, a Minneapolis-based chef, was always available to answer questions for me and help connect me with people, uh, including uh, Sean Sherman, who I had met at a literary festival in South Dakota and reconnected with through Beth um, to help me with the uh, Native-inspired restaurant at mm-hmm. the end. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, my former boss at the Steamboat Inn in Prescott. Uh, maybe you remember the Steamboat yeah, yes, Inn. Yes, we do. Yeah. Where I worked, and I got to call Mike Rowan, who is now in Florida, and ask him to tell me some Steamboat Inn stories. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of which made it into the book. So, yeah, it was a trip down memory lane for me. And since I wrote this book during the pandemic and couldn't go to supper clubs for mm-hmm. a good part of it, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, I, I got to assemble one in my imagination that I could visit every day well it's so good the book is called saturday night at the lakeside supper club and we just have to take a uh, just a 180 and ask you jay if you have um a tina turner story that you want to share with us because we're remembering her oh. today did you oh wow unfortunately not a personal one i would have loved to have seen her her live uh and what a uh dynamic and influential and awesome performer I was shocked when I heard the news today. Yeah. I mean, I grew mm-hmm. up watching her. You yes. Know, like a lot of people did. And and she was both of my parents' generation and mine. Yes, exactly you know, right. continued to write new songs and break into the charts with new material in, in, through my childhood and teenage years, just mm-hmm. like she did in my, in my mom and dad. So mm-hmm. a truly interge- intergenerational uh, performer and just a, 
incredible human being, and you know, there's not that many. No, uh, I, know, I feel like every time I hear, oh no, no, I know this, this one hurt. <laughs> this one, yeah, this one hurt. And you know, you're right about that. That she is generational because she was. You know, in the, in the 60s, 60s, 70s, 80s. I mean, never yeah. wasn't popular. And so, yeah, had, I mean, my, I remember my mom and dad having Ike and Tina Turner records and hearing Proud Mary and my sister and I, you know, being little kids and just loving to try and dance, roll on the river, you know, and you do all that. Yeah. And, yeah. and then, you know, in my 20s, then she becomes like one, you know, private dancer. We can't stop playing. Yeah, absolutely. And then she's in a Mad Max movie. And, yes. You know, talk about. A career. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. kidding. No kidding. Well, we, Jay, Ryan, we love your book, Saturday Night at the Lakeside Supper Club. Thank you for being with us. A fun... Oh, thank you so much for having me. I hope yeah. to meet your person sometime. Yes, I hope so, too. Keep us posted. Yeah, if you, ever, if you come back for the fair, let us know. Oh, will do. Okay, all right. Thank you so much. The book is the Saturday, Saturday Night at the Lakeside Supper Club. It is fun, it is heartfelt, and it's yeah. nostalgic. Yeah, I it's absolutely wonderful. loved it. We got a couple copies to give away. Hey gang, Lori and Julia here. We're so happy to tell you about how much we love Chanhassen Dinner Theater. And we're just talking about supper clubs. And that's, yes. that's the feel you get. And it's nostalgia and it's a wonderful environment and supper club with great food and a great grasshopper if you like ice cream drinks. Yes, and but, the rainbow cake. But more importantly, the prom is there and that is a fantastic show and it is closing in just like three weeks. So June 10th is the last day. So if you've been saying you're going to go, this you got to get on it because once it's gone, it's gone. And then Jersey Boys, Jersey Boys is coming Jersey in, Boys which is, is coming. I, I know that is our favorite uh, of the of the quote unquote jukebox musical number one. So wonderful, so great, so many songs. Four Seasons and Frankie Valley cannot wait. And they've got tribute concerts coming up. It all starts by visiting ChanhassenDT.com. Chanhassen Dinner Theater is always entertaining you. Well, I mean, we did. This is Bob Dylan's actual birthday today. 82 years ago, he was born in Duluth, as he said in concert at the Bayfront um, you know, festival area when he and Paul Simon played there. He's like, I was born, you know, but more mumbling, I was born right up over that hill. Oh, You know, yeah. the hospital up there. Yeah. So he's 82 today, today? and right. I just said, uh, you know, I I know they had the uh, the tribute show last weekend, but this is his actual birthday, and losing Tina Turner today at 83, and Bob, you know, as far as we know, Bob Dylan is in good health, and mm-hmm. you know, just out there, and you know, Willie just celebrated his 90th, but this one, when we heard the news about Tina, this that was shocking. It just hit us but, hurt to the bone. Yeah, hurt to the bone. So I just want to remember. Bob Dylan, because, you know, it's uh, born on this day in Duluth, probably at St. Luke's or St. So they Mary's. were both the same age. Basically, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, Mick Jagger is 78, Paul McCartney is 79. Huh. We never tell rockers that they should stop rocking. No, we, singing, we don't. We tell know? other people you should stop working. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but nobody else. The singers just ignore us, and I think they're right I think for if it. you can keep your voice, mm-hmm. um, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Exactly. So, and uh, what a gift. Yes. So happy birthday, uh, Bob Dylan, and thanks for playing Forever Young. I mean, he, whether you like his voice or don't like his voice, last week, when you were, I don't know if you were here last Friday. I can't remember if you had the day off. You were I here. I was here. And we played Leopard 
skin pillbox hat. Yes, the, yes, the, yes, the yes. very bluesy Bob Dylan song, but which we never knew that was the words for it. Well, yeah, and then, but I mean, he's such a poet. Yeah. I mean, unbelievable the songwriting mm-hmm. that has come out of him, and I don't always appreciate that. But then I, you know, will hear like someone do a cover of "It Ain't Me, Babe," or yeah. you know, I always think of Aunt Marlene. She loved "Blown in the Wind" so much. You could listen to that in the Judy Collins song. Both Forever. sides now. She loved "Blowing in the Wind," Forever. and then yep. Peter, Paul, and Mary. You know. But anyway, and then I wanted to uh, give a shout out Harry Styles. Uh, I saw this on the Today Show. Oh, yeah. Um, he was reunited with this. Um, I, you know, I take exception to, you know, calling people sweet grannies. Um, but uh, <laughs> how old was someone? Well, I mean, I don't I don't know. But I mean, I don't know. I just, they call her the Grammy granny because she was the lady at the Grammys um, that came up on stage, delivered his album of the year. Oh, I remember that. Yes. She won the contest. Yes, she yes, won the yes. contest. We, so That so, was the only part of having that group, little side group thing that they did within the Grammys. Yes. That was fun. It was fun. Yeah. It was fun. Oh, so yes, the side group. Thank you, Julia, for yes. being the memories. Oh, I do. Remember they had the little... Bad. Focus group, yes. But then she was the one. She was the old- she won it, <laughs> and she fan. was super excited. Yeah. I don't know how old she is or whatever, but he was reunited with her at his recent London concert because I think that it, she is uh, from London, and so it's a win for Harry's everywhere. Yeah, you know, I mean, it is. Yeah. It yeah, is. it is. So we posted that for you, and she's backstage. And she's got her hairy shirt on, and she's dancing in the in the video that you can see. She's at, like, dancing full on out at the yeah. concert. I mean, like I, if you want to call her a sweet granny, but I don't know why you just can't call her a sweet woman. That's true. You know, that, because this is the kind of ageist BS that 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 women really get sick of. Yeah, I labeled that <laughs> on the post just because that's what it's labeled here in the in the headlines. But I the Grammy granny. But again, yeah. you know, like would we? I don't know. I don't know I why. Yeah, feels, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll change it up. We'll just talk. Don't about, worry no, about it, Grant. Yeah. That is how she was referred to, and I am yeah. sure she has no problem being a Grammy yeah. granny. Granny, granny. I mean, you know, I, I'm just pointing it out as a media thing. Like, it's sort of a, you know, interesting thing. And yeah. then... It's the, a way to dismiss. Yeah, thank That's you. That's what I think. It's yeah. a way to dismiss because you're nothing but a granny. You're nothing but a granny. But it's like, like one of the greatest things in the world that people aspire to be in their lives. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's one of I the mean, most joyful times. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even realize, like, uh, when I became a go-go, which, uh, you know, I mean, even me, I've had my own because, like... I'm like, how can I be a grandmother when I've never been a mother? Well, look at that. It skips a generation. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean... Wow, look at that. Yeah. Immaculate conception. But I I get it because I've always been the rich auntie because I was a woman who never didn't have kids, so I'm a rich auntie type, but I appreciate I love all the titles you give yourself. Oh, I love listen, I, when rich I wasn't auntie a title, rich auntie, that's I was a not girl a girl. title I gave myself. That's a term that's been around. That's a term that for women who 
actively decided not to have children and not feel bad about it. You call yourself a rich auntie because it's the best thing to be. Well, dual the income. The rich auntie. Yeah, also Denks, dual income, yeah. no kids. That mm-hmm. was uh, that was yeah. something my dad, because we had family friends that had no kids. Yeah. And didn't have kids, and so. They were having yeah, so much fun. Dual income. Oh, exactly. That's it. My yes. dad goes, hey. be a dink. Yeah, be a dink. He goes, they're always traveling, having fun, but yeah. I'm hanging out with you at these sports games. Yeah, so I have this rich auntie mentality because I never had kids until I be you know married Casey and they were 11 and 13 mm-hmm. so they weren't it's not the same Mm-mm. you know it's not the same but rich auntie understands the allure of saying bye to children and they go off with their parents and so the whole granny or grampy experience however you want to call it that I can see how if someone who's done that real hard work of parenting Oh, what a joy! What a delight! Oh, because no you don't kidding. have all the you 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 just have the joy and none of the worry. I probably would never have slept again if I'd ever had a child. That's what I would have worried about. How do you ever sleep again for you, worrying about everything? You get tired. Yeah, okay. you get very very tired. So, um, my son, my son, one of them played tennis with um, three of my tennis team last night, and so he was nice enough because we needed a fourth, and mm-hmm. so he shows up, and I'm like thinking. You know, go easy. Let's go easy. Blah 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 mm-hmm. blah. Oh no! And so we played together. Oh, he was he was wonderful. Oh okay. But I was so, like, did he come out fire? Oh no, not at all. He didn't not come at out all. Djokovic it or no, not at all. But his physicality of playing with a twenty year old versus our age. Yeah, I couldn't believe what he could run and what he could get to. Yeah, and, or you'd go just let it go by. That's yeah, that's out. Oh, or there's no way I can run to that. Yeah. So and he would get it and then turn back around and get that and I was just like so shocked and he at one point we were both running to the ball and I tried to get it he would have hit me if he would have done it yeah. and and I said um, do you think you could have get it gotten that and he goes mom watching you run was like watching slow motion <laughs> <laughs> it was the funniest line ever but I mean he complimented me on my shots and everything but I thought it probably is. That's how slow I am. I just thought that was a classic line. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Lori and Julie here. We're going to come back and remember more of Tina Turner's life.